Experience a full mind, body, and spirit approach to living your best life. Learn how to achieve optimal health, wealth, and happiness. This is your journey to wellness and abundance. You are listening to Mind Over Matters with your host, Dr. Amy harris Nuon of the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Amy harris Nuon. Welcome to Mind Over Matters. I'm a double board certified integrative and interventional clinical psychologist with a postgraduate specialization in functional medicine. I'm also an author, speaker, and the director for the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness in Bloomingdale, Illinois. As you know, the purpose of the show is to get you thinking about how powerful your mind is and what you can do right now to create a life of health, wealth, and happiness all by taking a holistic view of your life and looking at those respective areas, seeing where you wanna make some tweaks and then applying some simple practical compounding skills. So my goal is to educate and empower you to live a life by design, a life on purpose and with passion and of course, positive results. So to that end, I'm excited to bring you uh, this week's show. So I wanna start by asking, do you feel like you're in touch with your true self? You know, over the last several years, there's been such an intense focus on living your quote unquote authentic self, so much so that the term authentic self has even become annoying to a lot of people to hear. But the search for the true self continues almost, you know, as though it's been hiding out someplace. Where's our true self? Does it exist? Is it, is it you know, uh, can we get in touch with it? Well, researchers say our quote-unquote true self may or may not really exist, but, and I quote, our ideals and projections about it sure do. So in a series of short articles by authors Rob Henderson, Abigail Brenner, Eric Genazzo, and Matt Hudson, we'll explore how to get in touch with your true self, different aspects of your personality, for example, different parts of yourself, and what it means to be able to integrate and healthfully accept the many different true selves that exist as part of you. And with these various true selves, how to go about feeling authentic and good about yourself as you are. I'll also talk about what the authors call the paradox that social and external bonds have on our internal state and how your sense of self can be jeopardized when a core aspect of your identity is lost or injured. So welcome to this week's show titled Your True Self, To Be or Not To Be. So who are you? The authors start by asking, who are you? Again, they say the true self may or may not exist. And to feel good about oneself and one's path through the world, they say a person must have a sense of authenticity. And again, they say this self can be jeopardized when a core aspect of who you are, your identity, be it affiliation, your moral view, your job, your relationship is lost or fractured. And it's a paradox, they say, that social and external bonds have such a big impact on one's internal state, right? Because here you are trying to find happiness within yourself and, and find balance, but yet, you know, our needs for belonging and affiliation and acceptance are so strong and so much a, a core part of you know, our needs set that we are vulnerable to, you know, outside influences. So I want to start with, you know, what author Rob Henderson says about the true self. He says, the true self is the person you want others to believe you are, or is it who you want to believe you are? You know, before we go a little further, um, there's a quote that has stuck with me. Uh, my wife subscribes to, you know, a, a daily uh, motivation quote, um, it's, you know, from, from, from the author of Compete Every Day. And uh, I know she's got a little post-it card that she keeps on the mirror. It says, the difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. And what you have to do to get to where you want to be may not be pretty or it may not come easy. But I love this is a great quote about your authentic self. The difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. And then we start here, you know, with one of the authors saying, the person you want others to believe you are 
Is that your true self? You know, what does it mean to be authentic? So in his popular interview with Joe Rogan, the best-selling author David Goggins revealed his biggest fear. Goggins had a terrible childhood, grew up to be morbidly obese, and experienced a lot of hardship in his early adult life. Then he became a Navy SEAL, an ultra-marathon runner, and a renowned motivational speaker. And um, if you've not read David Goggins' work or seen something on YouTube, highly, highly recommend that you read uh, his book. It's G-O-G-G-I-N-S. Um, talk about extremes, but what an overcomer and somebody trying to really fight for and earn his way to who he was and earning his way to who he wanted to become. But the author goes on to say, Goggins stated that his biggest fear is that he dies and God, whoever God assigns the task to, shows him aboard with a list of accomplishments, physically fit, Navy SEAL, pull-up record holder, inspirational speaker who helps others. Goggins imagines saying, that's not me. And God responds, that's who you were supposed to be. And in a fascinating paper about the quote-unquote true self and authenticity, social psychologist Roy Baumeister theorizes that the feeling of authenticity, or lack thereof, comes from whether or not we're acting in line with the reputation we want. In other words, we feel most in line with our true self when we achieve our desired social image. And failure to achieve it, achieve it or losing it makes us feel less authentic. That's kind of a paradox, right? But when caught doing something they're ashamed of, people say things like, oh, that's not who I am, or that really wasn't me. They're implying that reputation-damaging acts are not reflective of their true self. This doesn't mean they're lying. Many people really believe their shameful acts are not reflective of who they are deep down, right? There's a whole lot of social implications related to that, but we'll save that for a different show. But the author goes on to say, tying the rewarding sense of authenticity to reputation makes sense, as Baumeister explains, quote, if the main purpose of the self is to integrate the animal body into the social system, so it can survive and reproduce, then cultivating a good reputation is of paramount concern. And when one succeeds, even momentarily, there'll be a welcome feeling of, wow, that's me. And as evolutionary psychologist Jeffrey Miller has noted, behaviors do not arise just because they happen to feel good. Feeling good evolved to motivate the behavior, which likely has some evolutionary payoff. The good feeling is there to get us to do more of that beneficial behavior. Indeed, there is empirical evidence, the author says, that people feel more authentic when they behave in an extroverted, agreeable, conscientious, emotionally stable, and intellectual manner. Put differently, people seem to feel more authentic when they're doing things that society values. Intriguingly, other research suggests that feelings of authenticity are sometimes higher when people go along with outside influences. Boy, there's a show for another day and time. Interesting, interesting. In a study by Allison Lenton and colleagues, participants tended to report both a stronger sense of behaving authentic, authentic, authentically and greater acceptance of external influence when they were in social contexts, such as with friends, compared with when they were alone. That boy, that, that has some real risks to it. People feeling more authentic when they're going along with the social norm. What if the social norm isn't so healthy? What if the social norm is involved or, or that social group is involved in some pretty, you know, antisocial behaviors? So that's, that's, there's, there's kind of a, a risk there. You know, and I would argue as a clinical psychologist that that isn't your authentic self if internally you would be inclined to behave differently than the group or the social influence. So we should address that when we come back because, you know, is your true self the person you want others to believe you are or is it someone else? We shall see. Stick around. You're listening to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris-Nuon. We will be right back. 
The Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness's clinically proven treatments repair and regenerate damaged tissue, restoring normal function. The procedures were easy, comfortable, and left me feeling pain-free. I can dance, run, and jump again if I want to. Three decades of pain in my back and neck injuries I suffered in active duty. The doctor has me nearly 100% pain-free now, and I never thought that was possible. Trust the thousands who got their life back. Book an appointment today. Everyone, welcome back to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris Nuon. You're listening to this week's show titled Your True Self to be or not to be. If you've missed any of the show, you can check out a rebroadcast on this great station, or you can check it out online at our website. It's thecifhw.com, thecifhw.com. We also post a link on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash thecifhw. Hey, if we can help you get in touch with your true self, we're happy to do that. We've got a lot of very talented therapists on our team, psychologists, licensed clinical social workers. Just give us a call, 630-980-1400. We are accepting new patients. We We see clients virtually through telehealth, as well as in person. I want to thank you for following us on social media. It's our goal to bring you valuable information. Again, you know, my goal is to educate and empower you to live a really, really good life, okay, and to learn to rise above circumstances and situations. So, you know, we're committed to bringing you value on social media. So if there's something you want to learn about, please let us know. You can post it on, you know, on Facebook or on Messenger. You can send me an email directly, and that email address is health and wellness, all spelled out, health and wellness, at thecifhw.com. And then finally, I want to encourage you to purchase a copy of my best-selling book, LifeWorks, An Integrative Approach to Health and Happiness. You can pick up a copy on Amazon, either in the Kindle version or the paperback version. I'm going to encourage you to pick up a copy in the paperback version because 100% of all those royalties go to benefit several nonprofit organizations, including Bloomingdale Township Food Pantry, Northern Illinois Food Depository, uh, um, Wounded Warriors, Michigan Doodle Rescue Connect, Western Page Special Recreation Association, Saving Animals in Need, American Cancer Society, all kinds of nonprofits, St. Jude's and Shriners Hospital are among those. So it's you contributing to those nonprofits. So again, I want to encourage you to pick up a paperback copy of my best-selling book, LifeWorks, An Integrative Approach to Health and Happiness on Amazon. All right. Speaking of health and happiness, let's get back to helping you find more of your own health and happiness. So we're talking about your authentic self and, you know, a series of authors and researchers are pointing out different aspects of ourselves. Well, according to researcher Rob Henderson, he says the true self is the person you want others to believe you are. Interesting. But other researchers have linked concepts of the true self to the good or honorable self as well. A review led by Nina Strominger suggests that people think the true self is morally righteous. Dangerous territory, though, because morals are not all shared by people of all cultures. It's very contextual, right? But according to this, uh, the author suggests that people think their true self is the morally righteous self. We seem to believe that authenticity in it is inextricably tied with our views about what it means to be a good person. And if someone is living a morally reprehensible life, we're likely to feel that they're living a lie. So, very, very interesting. So the author goes on to say, is our true self just a sheep that goes along with what society expects us to do? The true self, Baumeister and other researchers suggest, isn't actually a real thing. They say it's an idea and an ideal self, okay? Says the true self is how we fondly imagine we could be. Again, what the author of Compete Every Day says, the difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do, because guess what? Your actions influence your thoughts and feelings too. So they say the true self is how we fondly imagine we could be. And when we act in accordance with that ideal, then we think, that's who I am. And when we stray from it, we think, that's not me. 
A related idea has been discussed by the psychologist and relationship researcher Eli Finkel, who talks about the Michelangelo phenomenon. Quote, in Michelangelo's mind, Finkel writes, the David existed within the rock before the sculpting began. The idea is that in healthy marriages, for example, each partner helps foster the other's best self. But Baumeister's idea is that we have our own vision of our best self, which we believe is our true self, and feel more authentic when we act closer to that ideal. What people think of as their true self is the version of themselves that holds a solid reputation, and the idealized self that makes a positive impression on peers they respect. And when they inch closer to that ideal, they'll feel good and authentic, according to researcher Rob Henderson. But what if the true self is the person you meet on introspection? Interesting question. Well, according to Dr. Abigail Brenner, by the time we've lived a few decades, a lot has happened to us. She says the changes and challenges that we expect in the course of living, as well as the ones we don't expect, truly shape us, right? But after many life tasks are mastered, many goals reached and lessons learned, some basic questions often remain. Who are we in all of this? Who are we at our core, apart from anybody or anything else? And do we ever have a chance to be that core person in a relationship? Do we ever have a chance to be that person for ourselves? I'm just going to pause there and say, if you don't feel like you're in touch with core aspects of who you are, and if you don't feel like you can be honest with all the beautiful aspects of you and all the petty aspects of you, our ego aspects, then it's probably worth investing the time and money, not probably, but it's absolutely worth investing the time and money to see a really, really good therapist, a good psychotherapist. Because the more in touch you are with your motivating factors, the reasons why you do what you do, why you think the way you think, what's driving those thoughts, feelings, and actions, how to manage the competing and conflicting thoughts and feelings. If you're not in touch with that, then you're bound to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over. So you need to get in touch with all those different aspects of yourself. Well, the author goes on to say, from the time we're born, we're conditioned to be a certain way, right? Of course. I mean, even, even in utero, we're picking up traits, you know, emotional traits from the mother and from the influence, you know, of, of the environment. If mom's anxious, baby's going to be anxious. If mom's calm, baby's going to be calm. If uh, mom likes rock and roll, baby's probably going to like rock and roll in utero, okay? But from the time we're born, we're conditioned to be a certain way, the author says. First, there's the influence of our parents, siblings, and extended family. Then the peer group, okay? Then our intimate relationships. And we become different things to different people when we relate to others. We take on many roles and identities in the course of our lives. Some of these encourage and expand our core sense of self, while others diminish and stifle who we are. Unusual events like the periods of staying home that so many people experienced as a result of COVID-19, for example, give us the unique opportunity, if we want it, to discover more about who we are at our core. The author says, when life is lived in its usual, quote-unquote, normal way, we attach a level of importance to the activities that constitute our daily life. But when we can't engage in life that way, the focus may shift to what we're left with, ourselves, our loved ones, our intermediate and immediate environment, and we may reflect on our lives, what is really important, and how life could be lived differently and better. The author goes on to say, you know yourself better than anyone else, and if you've never considered this before, it's time to start thinking about it. You know, I often tell that to my therapy clients. They say, you know, I'm not going to pretend, you know, to be the expert on you because truly nobody knows you better than you, right? So the author says, throughout your life, others may have tried to tell you that they know you better than you know yourself, but ask yourself now, without all the roles and identities I've acquired in the course of living, who am I? What do I want for myself? 
Because the truth is you don't need anyone's permission to do what feels right to you, to do what feeds and nourishes you. You need to start giving yourself permission. Okay. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about, you know, the true self is, is it really the person you meet upon introspection? Well, I would, I would posit, you know, uh, this idea. That's just one aspect of who you are because you do have many roles. You have many responsibilities. You have ideals of who you want to be. And all of this is going to be, you know, discussed when we come back. Stay tuned. Do you or a loved one suffer from depression and medications just aren't working? Or the debilitating side effects associated with most antidepressants make them impossible to take? We can help. At the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness, we offer transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS. TMS is a safe and effective, drug-free treatment option that can dramatically improve your quality of life. In fact, the majority of our clients experience a significant improvement in mood, with many achieving complete remission. TMS uses MRI technology to gently stimulate areas of the brain that are underactive in people suffering from depression. TMS is FDA approved for the treatment of depression and has also been shown to be effective in treating other mood disorders like OCD, PTSD, and anxiety. TMS therapy is covered by most insurance companies, including Medicare. If medications aren't working for you now, chances are they never will. Let us help. Call the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness at 630-980-1400 for an immediate consultation. That's 630-980-1400. Or visit us online at thecifhw.com. A complete solution for your joint pain is here and without surgery. The Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness's clinically proven treatments repair and regenerate damage, restoring normal function, even walk out the same day. It's the only treatment center in Illinois offering a one-year guarantee for this procedure. Trust the thousands of patients who got their life back. Call us today or visit thecifhw.com. Everyone, welcome back to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris Nuwan. I'm a double board certified integrative and interventional clinical psychologist with a postgraduate specialization in functional medicine. You're listening to today's show, Your True Self To Be or Not To Be. If you've missed any of this show, you can check out a rebroadcast on this great station, or you can check out a rebroadcast link on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash the CIFHW. You can also get a replay link on our main website. It's thecifhw.com. Thecifhw.com. Hey, if we can help you discover different aspects of yourself and integrate those to help you to become the person you want to be, please give us a call. 630-980-1400. We've got some remarkable psychologists and licensed clinical social workers on staff. We are accepting new patients and clients, and we see individuals in person, on video visits, as well as telehealth. 630-980-1400. All right, so getting back to the show, you know, I opened it with asking, do you feel like you're in touch with your true self? You know, I know there's been a lot of, you know, discussion over the last several years about your authentic self, right? But researchers say our true self may or may not really exist. Okay, so here we've got different researchers looking at different aspects of ourselves. And then my goal before the show is out is to help you understand the value as well as the need to not only appreciate the different aspects of yourself, but to but to hopefully and successfully and healthfully integrate those different aspects of yourself. So according to Abigail Brenner, MD, the true self is the person you meet upon introspection. Right? She says, again, you know yourself better than anyone else. And if you've never considered this before, she says, it's time to start thinking about it. She says, don't let others' expectations limit who you are. Right? What others expect of you is a reflection of who they are, their own wants and needs. It's the way they want you to be so you can be a part of their life. But there's more to life than pleasing people and trying to fit into their life. And I will tell you, if you live your life that way, 
you're going to be repeatedly frustrated and disappointed. So stop living your life to please others. Now, it's okay to do pleasing things for others, but not when it's at your expense, not when it's at the expense of feeling good about who you are and feeling good about who you want to be, you know? And, and women are notoriously vulnerable to living their lives for others. Guess what? I'm going to give you permission to stop doing that. Now, you've got certain responsibilities. If you've got a mom and you're still active in raising your family, you've got a responsibility to take care of those responsibilities and to be a good mom and, and to live part of your life to be a good parent. But it's not about living life to please others. That is the most inauthentic one can be. And it's, it sets you up for repeated mistakes, frustration, resentment, depression, anxiety, health issues, you name it. So don't let others' expectations limit who you are. Again, what others expect of you is a reflection of who they are, their own wants and needs, says the author. Okay, She says, again, there's more to life than pleasing people and trying to fit into their life. She says, anyone who insists on limiting your true expression is not respecting and honoring you. And that goes for self-limitations too. If you've been unfairly limiting yourself, now is the time to revisit and rediscover those experiences, hopes, dreams that you've buried away. And it's time you start leveling up and facing those fears. What are those limitations? What are those limiting beliefs that have, you know, that you've chosen to allow, you know, to, to hold you back? It's time to take risks, the author says. She says, begin to speak up, to say what's on your mind, to express yourself through your ideas, your creativity, and your individuality. Do things you've been afraid to do in the past for fear of failure, of being ashamed or embarrassed, of not being good enough. Embrace spontaneity, okay? Embrace spontaneity. Surround yourself with those who value and respect who you are. Spend your time with people who lift you up and celebrate what you do. Limit your relationships with those who give you an unnecessarily hard time. Again, when you're ready to level up, you devil up. Okay, that means your, your limiting beliefs are going to come to the fore. Your fears are going to come to the fore. You're going to have to examine your relationships, determine who in your life isn't good for you, right? And you're also going to have to find a purpose, the author says. She says, purpose is a symbol of what you're doing, what you want to accomplish while you're alive. A purpose, a reason for being is a good way to remind yourself of who you are because who you are is essential for accomplishing that bigger goal. And I'm also going to tell you, when you start to embrace who you are and you find a purpose and you feel purpose-driven, you're making a whole contribution to the entire world. Because when you're a better version of yourself, you show up better for life in all of your relationships. And yes, that has a compounding effect too. Okay? So show up for yourself. Start examining what your limiting beliefs are. Stop living to please other people. And start thinking about what your purpose is. Again, find a really good therapist to help you sort this out. If you're not sure what your purpose is, if you find someone, you know, um, that, you know, is in your life that's holding you back, you want to re-examine that relationship, that's another area where a really good therapist can help you come to terms with who and what's in your best interest and, again, help you discover your life purpose. But you got to be able to start speaking up and changing your behaviors. Again, you know, uh, from Compete Every Day, the difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. And what you do, part of what you do, has to be to start living your life for yourself. All right, stick around. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the silent self. It's you beneath thought and feeling. What do you have in common with all living beings? That's by Jeremy Sherman, PhD. You're listening to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris Nuon. We will be right back. A complete solution for your joint pain is here and without surgery. The Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness's clinically proven treatments repair and regenerate damage, restoring normal function, even walk out the same day. 
It's the only treatment center in Illinois offering a one-year guarantee for this procedure. Trust the thousands of patients who got their life back. Call us today or visit thecifhw.com. Everyone, welcome back to Mind Over Matters. You're listening to this week's show titled Your True Self, To Be or Not To Be. That really is the question. Hey, if you feel like you're not living, you know, your best life, give us a call, 630-980-1400. We've got some great psychotherapists on our team. I mean, truly talented bunch, and I mentor all of them. So give us a call, 630-980-1400. If you feel like you are having, you know, some challenges integrating the different aspects of who you are or living up to your ideal. And if you've missed any of the show, you can check out a rebroadcast on this great station, or you can check us out online on our website. It's thecifhw.com, or you can check out a replay link on the Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash the CIFHW. If you've got questions, comments, ideas for a show, I'd love to accommodate. Uh, you can reach me directly at the email address health and wellness, all spelled out health and wellness at the CIFHW.com. And to your health and wellness, I want you to know we are accepting new clients and patients. Just give us a call 630-980-1400. Again, 630-980-1400 if you'd like to schedule for a new patient consultation or appointment. All right, so getting back to the different aspects of yourself and being able to integrate the different aspects of yourself. Well, author Dr. Abigail Brenner says, you know, what others expect of you is a reflection of who they are, their own wants and needs, and it's time to stop living to please other people and to start stepping into, you know, your own truth who you are, what are your values, what are your morals, what are your goals, what are your dreams, right? It's time to level up. She also talks about the silent self. That's the you beneath all the thought and feeling. And she's collaborating with Dr. Jeremy Sherman on this. Dr. Sherman says, humans are naturally self-obsessed. We are, not gonna lie. We're a pretty self-focused bunch. He says, we wonder who we are and what we should do with our lives. That's not such a bad question, right? Because we need to be making a contribution in my professional and personal opinion. He says, we think about how we appear to others. We ride the slurry of sensations, feelings, emotions, and thoughts about ourselves coursing through us. But for all our self-concern, we're practically oblivious to our core self, the fundamental selfhood upon which rests everything that matters to us. We like to feel alive, but most of us you know, and most of what it takes to be alive is unfelt and unconscious. It's the silent self working away all day and night, repairing and regenerating our quote unquote self. And, and basically what he says is 90% of who we are is unconscious. And if you imagine a glacier, you know, in, in, in a big ocean, if you can see that glacier, you're just seeing the top 10% of that glacier. 90% of that glacier is underwater. And that's kind of a, a good way to think of our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. 90% of who we are, completely unconscious. He says, a fun few facts about your silent self and its activity on even your laziest day. You shed tens of thousands of skin cells every minute, which your body replaces. You produce as much as one third of a gallon of saliva every day. Your heart pumps around one and a half gallons of blood every minute. Your two kidneys clean roughly half a cup of blood every minute, and you generate about 2 million red blood cells per second. That's your physiological self, your silent self, right? And then, of course, we've got our unconscious mind. He says, and today, I bet you didn't even notice all that regenerative activity. Who does? That's the point. We don't sense it. But if it stopped, we'd die, right? So part of our self is our physical self right? Part of ourself is our physical self. And when we think about Darwin's quote unquote struggle for existence, we think of animals fighting. But that's not the core struggle that runs silently in every living being, the struggle to regenerate our degenerating bodies. We're often reminded to get up our heads and get in touch with our bodies, but that's still not getting in touch with this core self. He says your core self is what you have in common with plants, fungi, bacteria. 
all living things have what's termed vegetative sentience, not sentience as feeling, but as responsiveness, the way a plant heals itself in response to being cut. Indeed, when people enter a coma or a vegetative state, neither feeling nor thinking, all that's left on them is their vegetative sentience. The silent self can surface as loud felt symptoms when we're sick, but when we're well, we can't feel it and hardly give it a thought. We live upstairs from the efficiently humming boiler room of activity that keeps us alive. Over the years, he says, I've come to appreciate intellectually the least intellectual part of me running silent and deep, and that's your physical self. Thank you, doctor. What about what Dr. Eric Genazzo says the true self is? A person who often feels fraudulent, right? Maybe you've heard that, the um, imposter syndrome. Well, Dr. Genazzo says, quote, I feel like a total fraud, right? You've heard people say that, end quote. I can only guess at the number of times I've heard that said in my therapy office, he says. I've heard it from all ages and from just about every walk of life, from the professor and the executive, from the engineer and from the homemaker, from the artist and from the gulp surgeon, he says. The feeling is as durable as it is ubiquitous. It appears to remain largely unaffected by years of training, by decades of success, by winning prestigious awards and honors. In fact, the awards and honors are often fuel on the fire of a sense of fraudulence. Quote, if people only knew, end quote. So the secret becomes even bigger when people are getting, you know, they feel like they're getting rewarded for their quote unquote fraudulent self. He says, in my years of practice, I've been shocked to come to realize how many people privately feel like total fakes. How is it that the world continues to go round and round and yet is populated by such a flotilla of abject frauds? While no doubt more than a few people have bluffed their way into positions of authority, the obvious truth is that many perfectly competent people have a tendency to feel as though they're getting away with the secret truth of their incompetence when in fact they're doing no such thing. Why such rampant distortion and self-concept, the author asks. Why do so many people who are clearly up to the task feel as though they're pulling the wool over everyone else's eyes? Pause. It's clearly a worthiness issue and a self-esteem issue, okay? So again, if we can help you with that, we're happy to do it. The author says, I think much of this has to do with our interiority, he says. We're all too painfully aware of our inner experience and its roiling pool of self-admonishments, longings for do-overs and crises of confidence, big and small. We're aware of all the vulnerabilities that must be privately managed, again, it's a worthiness issue, a self-esteem issue, right? He says, we're aware of the gap between our interior and our largely constructed exterior, and we believe the existence of this gap means we're fraudulent. He says, our health and image-obsessed culture promotes the idea that outer beauty and ease are a reflection of an internal life that looks much the same. Many have come to believe that the smoothness of our interiority is the true measure of ultimate success. He says, we yearn to be seen as successful in this way, and we may present as though we have ascended that mountain of tranquility. And yet we alone know the secret truth. We're each at times a quivering, heaving, throbbing crockpot of insecurity. He says, and we may believe erroneously, of course, that the smooth Instagram exteriority of others is a reflection of their inner conviction and other lack of any anxiety or darkness to be managed. Others have achieved true mastery while we only pretend to. The truth is, to be genuinely fit for a role, any role, we must be able to successfully manage the pieces of ourselves that don't fit within it, he says. We must manage our doubts, we must manage our shadowy pieces, our aggression, our covetousness, our selfishness, our frailties. We all must curate our interiority to show up in the ways we need to professionally and often personally. And to do this well is not to be a fraud, it's to be the genuine article. He says, just read a memoir, if halfway decent and at least fractionally honest, of anyone, anyone at all. He says, 
Even so, many of you will be thinking, well, yeah, okay, that makes sense, but not for me. I really am kind of a fraud. And the overwhelming likelihood is that despite the intensity of that feeling, you're not a fraud. You are, however, plagued by the same secret doubt and shadow that is the baseline challenge for any living human being. And if you've gotten through this day so far, largely and convincingly showing up in your chosen role as though that weren't the case, I sincerely congratulate you on a job well and truly done, he says. All right, so if you're having a crisis of confidence, if you've got self-esteem, self-worth issues, definitely get in to see a good psychologist or psychotherapist. Again, we've got a great staff here at the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness. We've got some immediate openings, and we'd be happy to work with you on your crisis of confidence. Just give us a call. 630-980-1400. Again, 630-980-1400. When we come back, we're going to be talking about what Matt Hudson calls the true self, says what it feels, right? And we'll talk about something he calls the realness scale. We'll be right back. Do you or a loved one suffer from depression and medications just aren't working? or the debilitating side effects associated with most antidepressants make them impossible to take, we can help. At the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness, we offer transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS. TMS is a safe and effective, drug-free treatment option that can dramatically improve your quality of life. In fact, the majority of our clients experience a significant improvement in mood, with many achieving complete remission. TMS uses MRI technology gently stimulate areas of the brain that are underactive in people suffering from depression. TMS is FDA approved for the treatment of depression and has also been shown to be effective in treating other mood disorders like OCD, PTSD, and anxiety. TMS therapy is covered by most insurance companies, including Medicare. If medications aren't working for you now, chances are they never will. Let us help. Call the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness at 630-980-1400 for an immediate consultation. That's 630-980-1400. Or visit us online at thecifhw.com. The Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness's clinically proven treatments repair and regenerate damaged tissue, restoring normal function. The procedures were easy, comfortable, and left me feeling pain-free. I can dance, run, and jump again if I want to. Three decades of pain in my back and neck injuries I suffered in active duty. The doctor has me nearly 100% pain-free now, and I never thought that was possible. Trust the thousands who got their life back. Book an appointment today. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris-Nuon. I'm a double board certified integrative and interventional clinical psychologist with postgraduate specialization in functional medicine. I'm also a best-selling author, speaker, and the clinical director for the Center for Integrative and Functional Health and Wellness in Bloomingdale, Illinois. You're listening to today's show, Your True Self, To Be or Not To Be. If you've missed any of the show, you can check out a rebroadcast on this great station or you can check us out online at our website. It's www.thecifhw.com. Again, thecifhw.com. You can check out a rebroadcast on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash the CIFHW. If we can help you integrate aspects of yourself that you're struggling with, maybe it's imposter syndrome, maybe you find yourself living to please others and you're just, you know, tired of living for someone else. Or if you need work doing some of that that deep introspective work, please give us a call 630-980-1400. Our goal is to help you to truly live your best life. And while, you know, I'm not going to say I know you better than you know yourself, because that's just arrogant. I truly believe, as well as the rest of the team here, that you're, own, you're your own best expert, but we're here to guide you along the way and help you, help you to realize those blind spots, as well as help shine light on all of those wonderful strengths. All right, so to be or not to be, what is your true self? Is the true self the person you, you want others to believe you to be? Is the true self you know, someone that is 
greatly in touch with their thoughts and feelings as the true self, your physical body? Is the true self not really your true self? All these questions, right? So here's the thing. Matt, Matt Houston uh, says the truth self says what it feels. He says, when annoyance swells up inside or a friend shares an opinion that we disagree with, or we know something that others don't want to hear, some of us will mute our facial expression and bite our tongue. And some of us will tell others what they truly think. The response depends partly on the situation. You're surely more likely to, quote, tell it like it is with a best friend than when meeting with future in-laws. But a group of psychologists proposes that the overall degree to which a person tends to reveal inner thoughts and feelings, even unpleasant ones, is a relatively stable individual difference. They call it simply realness. Realness, the team recently argued in the Journal of Research and Personality, is a key component of authenticity. Specifically, they describe being real as, quote, acting the same way on the outside that you feel on the inside, regardless of the social consequences, says Chris Hopper, a psychologist at the University of California, Davis. Says a lot of times doing that is beneficial. People like it and you feel good about yourself. Sometimes doing it gets you into big trouble. But those of you who value being real don't care. You do it whether it's going to get you in trouble or not. To assess the concept of realness and start to explore it in actual people, Hopwood and colleagues developed a 12-item realness scale and administered it to hundreds of participants and people who knew them. Across a series of studies, they found that scores for realness tended to be correlated with ratings on personality traits that are considered adaptive such as extroversion and conscientiousness, and associated with lower neuroticism. I love that term, neuroticism. <laughs> we need, really need to update that term. But the author goes on to say the relationship between realness and the trait of agreeableness was less clear, possibly reflecting differences in how people perceive realness in themselves and in others. Agreeable people can be as real as bristly ones, Hopwood notes, though they may differ in their delivery. I'm just thinking uh, being tactful and diplomatic, it's a beautiful thing. He goes on to say, while realness is not the only aspect of authenticity, self-awareness, capacity for reflection, and other factors have been proposed to enable people to be true to themselves, the researchers behind these studies argue that realness has a central role. Someone can have plenty of self-insight, Hopwood says, but how authentic can they be if they don't express their inner thoughts and feelings when the time comes? Amen. What a great question. If we can help you to be more in touch with yourself and help you to be more expressive, as the author calls, you know, more in the realness zone, you know, give us a call. 630-980-1400. You really do need to learn how to be assertive to, to directly, tactfully, diplomatically, and clearly communicate your, who you are and what your wants are, what your needs are, and what your limits are, what your boundaries are. So they developed this 12-point realness scale. So for you, listener, fill in the blank. At times, I say what people want to hear rather than I want. Is that true, mainly true, or false? Next, I do what works best for the situation, even if it's not how I feel. True, mainly true, false. Others might see me as fake true mainly true false how about this one it would take a lot for me to tell someone they've hurt me or i tell the truth even if it makes others unhappy i say what i believe even if people don't like it i sometimes act like i believe what others believe or i tend to tell others exactly what i think even if it causes conflict is that true mostly true false mostly false or how about this question i avoid sharing desires that others may not approve of I express my needs and desires directly. True, mostly true, false, mostly false. Or how about this one? I share my feelings with others even if it upsets them. Finally, I tell people what I want even if they may not want the same thing. True, mostly true, false, mostly false, right? So that's the realness scale. I'm going to invite you to get real with yourself first. If you notice that you're trying to be someone you're not, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, being fake versus working earnestly towards becoming the person that you aspire to be. 
But if, if you're finding that, you know, you're living life for other people, you're, you're a pleaser or you're biting your tongue all the time, guess what? The person you hurt the most is you. And if you can't show up as the best version of who you are, you're not going to show up as your best version in any of your other relationships, you know, either whether it's a parent relationship, an intimate relationship, a worker relationship. Okay. So I'm going to invite you to start getting real with yourself first. And if you need help, you know, with developing a skill set to get real with other people, find a really good therapist. Okay. Um, it's worth your time. It's worth your money. Okay. Find a really good therapist. If you need a mentor or a guide to help you get in touch with your true self, you know, again, if we can, you know, help you, we're happy to do that. You know, we're, 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 we're always accepting new clients and patients. If you've got someone that maybe you've worked with before, a good therapist, and you trust him or her, go get back, you know, and make an appointment. Because who you are is not just one aspect of yourself. It's the many versions of who you are. It's how you show up in life. Again, the difference between who you are and who you want to be is not only what you do, according to Jake at Compete Every Day, but it's who you aspire to be, how much you're willing to earn your way into becoming that person, and is that a person you can be proud of? But you need to be accepting of all those aspects of yourself, even the ugly aspects. I know sometimes when I get in my head, I'm like, oh, Amy, shut the p up. Blah. Okay, but that's just one aspect of me. That's that fight or flight aspect of me. Sometimes I jokingly refer to it as Detroit. That's when Detroit comes out when I'm overly stressed or someone's done something that I perceive as hurtful. You know, mostly it stays in my head, but, you know, I do find a way to constructively and effectively express it and set a healthy boundary if I need to. But that's been something I've had to learn to do with the work of really good therapists. So I want you to be in a position where you feel really good about you who you are, you understand the different aspects of yourself and the different roles you play because those different aspects of yourself are, are you know, um, part of those different roles. But at the end of the day, you should be someone that you always feel proud of, you know, someone that you feel good about. Okay. And if you need to get in and see a good therapist, then, then, then get real with yourself, with that part of yourself, that introspective part and get in and do the work because, hey, guess what? Your life is worth leveling up, okay? So I want to thank you for tuning into this week's show, Your True Self, To Be or Not To Be. I want to thank the authors, all of them, Rob Henderson, Abigail Brenner, Eric Janazzo, and Matt Hudson for their great work helping us identify these different aspects of the self. And I want to thank you for being who you are and for tuning in every week. You're listening to Mind Over Matters. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Harris-Nuon. I look forward to uh, speaking with you at the next show. Thanks again. <music>